0: The B2B Messaging Podcast, by Winter. Welcome back to the B2B Messaging Podcast. Today we have Erica Brackman, Product Marketing Manager at Nice Actimize. Erica, thanks so much for being on today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about my favorite topic, product marketing.
0: (laughs) Well, we're excited to hear you. So let's get started. Erica, how did you end up in product marketing and why did you choose that path?
1: Yeah, so actually my degree originally was in engineering. And I think as I went into the professional world, I realized a lot of engineers, they're great at developing features and delivering products to customers that help them address their challenges. But a lot of times communicating the value of those products was really hard. And so I saw product marketing as this really interesting space, as almost a a bridge between between the two worlds, between the technical world and the customer, and and really being that glue that holds the organization together. And so I think over my career, I worked to get in this spot and really help overall teams problem-solve and deliver products better and faster, more efficiently to their customers.
0: In your current position and your current company, how is messaging currently being done?
1: Yeah, so I think there's a few ways that I like my team to look at it. I, I would say there's four. One, we try to do thought leadership. So really communicating what is that high-level strategy of where the market's going, what's new, what's innovative. The second element that we really try to look at is technical leadership. So really looking at what's what technology, what u- unique methods do organizations need to help tackle those problems? The third one is really that brand leadership. It's about what your organization is about as a whole and what your unique values are and how that combines with your product to deliver improved solutions and and value to customers. And then the final is really that sales-driven marketing. So when I'm looking at messaging and working with my team, we're really trying to hit on all four of those aspects because certain people resonate at different levels. Certain people love that thought leadership. What's the future gonna be? How is technology gonna change? Where others, they wanna know specifically what is a product doing? Or how can it address my needs? So you need a nice mix of all of the above to really catch all the audiences. Because an engineer like me, I love those details. But my boss, who's, who's worked in the industry forever, it would bore him with the details. So so as a messenger and as a team, you want to make sure that you're approaching that whole audience with those four categories.
0: You mentioned leadership. Is there someone who's responsible or who comes up with the key messages that you want sent out to the market?
1: Yeah, so I think that depends on the organization. Within our organization, it really is the product marketing team. But I think they really need to, or we really assess a few factors. One, we talk to product and understand what's coming up on the roadmap, what's new, what are customers either complaining about or really loving about the product. The second element is really looking at the market. What are the market trends? What is the news, the industry talking about as a whole? And then the third is looking at your sales opportunities. Where have you undersold or oversold? And what are some differentiators against competition? So when you combine all three of these together, that's your sweet spot in the middle where you can help promote more product and also deliver more value for your organization while staying relevant to to the market and and the trends that are going on today. So I I think the key is really looking at these and trying to assess for your organization, what does that mean, right? Because there's no point in participating on a webinar on a topic that you have no solution for. And vice versa, if every solution in the market has the same feature, is it worth highlighting for you? Is it really going to help you drive more sales or or get more people engaged? And so how do you how do you do that? I I think there's a few other techniques organizations can use once you've found kind of that fit. And so one of them is really trying to get that expert input. Right? Everyone can take what ChatGPT is pumping out and put it in a blog, right? So you want to make sure that your content and your messaging says something that the average person doesn't know or that your target market wouldn't know. So you can help educate and, and bring them that expertise and build that trust in the process. So I think a lot of people think you need that in your organization, And you don't, right? You can leverage industry experts, you can leverage customers and partner with them to really convey this expertise. And I think a lot of that will lead to engagement automatically just because people find your content valuable, which will eventually then lead to sales as they continue to engage.
0: Interesting. You talked about value and making sure that you're providing that. How do you know that the messaging you've come up with is working?
1: Yeah. So I think data really is crucial, tracking everything. But I think the other aspect of it is really iterating quickly. If you plan for months and months and months to finally launch a campaign, once you get it out there, how do you know it's working? Right? Or, or, or you just invested all this time. If it's not working, you kind of feel like there's this sunk cost. And it's like, do I really want to lose all that invested time? So getting to market quicker or launching in phases, right? Getting a piece out, seeing how it does, and then evaluating from there. Should we continue down this path? Do we need to pivot? I think that's all crucial. And your, your metrics in Google Analytics or your clicks in emails, those are great, but I think there's a few key metrics that are more valuable to understanding whether your messaging is working. I think one of them is your overall engagement rate, right? If you look at your subscriber list, How many people are routinely engaging with your content across your channels? And is that growing? Because if that number is growing, it's telling you that the value of your content is also becoming more important or relevant in the industry. So I like to track engagement as a leading indicator. As kind of a lagging indicator, I would say really your your pipeline and your pipeline growth is, is key. A lot of people track MQLs or SQLs, right? And I think those are, those are good, but it's not a true indicator of value because if you generate 10,000 MQLs and they go nowhere, then what's the point? So really understanding how much opportunities are you getting from it? Is that growing? Is that reducing? Um, and iterating based on those numbers very, very quickly is key.
0: It sounds like there's a lot of ongoing things that are happening for you to iterate. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what are the ongoing activities that help you improve and optimize your messaging?
1: Yeah, so in terms of ongoing activities, I think you need to look at it a few ways. One, constantly looking at what have you done in the past and how can you improve upon it? I think everyone, they've written something and then a few days they come back and you're like, oh my God, this is absolutely horrible, right? So I think marketing collateral is that same way. If you come back a quarter later or a few months later, you're going to realize opportunities that, hey, the market shifted. I can quickly update this or, hey, I realize now that I've gotten customer feedback, now that I've seen this, that I can optimize this message somehow. The other thing I think to keep in mind is is really building a content network. And I think building out that that network of items is is a really important optimization strategy. And the reason I say this is you think of brands that do great marketing like HubSpot or really really good B2B marketers. Sometimes when you go on their website, you're you're on there forever, right? You enter on one page and there's a link here and a link there and you just, your journey is, is very fluid. A lot of B2B marketers today, they think of a journey as like, okay, first they're going to hit this and then they're going to read that. And, and that's great. And you can definitely push people down that path, but a lot of people don't think the same way that you do, but they also, their journey is different. So I think going back and, as you create new content, adding links to that content in your other documents, adding references, sources, quoting it, refactoring it using that same content in different ways, it allows you to optimize the value of that content without adding in much extra time. So, so one good example of this is you can do a webinar. So I've done webinars and maybe we host it in the afternoon in the US time. But my target audience, I, I have customers in APAC. I have customers in EMEA. So after it's done, if I want to optimize value, if I think it was it worked really well in this one market, I can just replay that webinar in different time zones as if it's live and essentially have a free free webinar that I'm not investing too much extra time to do. The other thing I can do, right, is take clips from that. And use that in social to promote that webinar more, right? I don't have to come up with new videos and stuff. It's a a one or two minutes, but it helps me continue to to promote that valuable content. You can also send it to a freelancer and have them write a blog on it, right? So I I think everyone consumes content differently, but you can use something that you do once and use it so many times. And you have to keep in mind too, people aren't always seeing it the first time. If, If someone you know, to seize an email for an invite. It doesn't mean they're clicking on it. It doesn't mean they're engaging. They might not have even opened it. So I, th- I think we tend to like do something and move on way too quickly when there's so much more value in what you've already done and you need to make sure you're getting the most of it. So I, I think those are kind of the two key things I look at when I'm trying to optimize my messaging and my content is really trying to iterate on and improve upon what you've already done.
0: You talked about looking at what you've done on a quarterly basis and maybe there's some other points in time, but how often do you think, or how often do you make updates and changes to your messaging and positioning?
1: Yeah, so I I think you really, similar to your, your messaging strategy and looking at it in layers, updating your messaging, you should also look at it in layers. So as a brand, as a whole, I think changing your, your brand vision, your brand messaging too frequently, it, it creates inconsistency that minimizes the trust. So I usually think that brand image and, you know, rebranding all that stuff, maximum every five to 10 years, because if you do it too frequently, no one's going to recognize like, is this the same company as the one I talked to last year? Like, why do they look so different? I think when you go a layer deeper to kind of your larger theme, I think every two to three years is ideal. If you're changing your core message every year, it, a lot of sales cycles are so much longer than a year that you're not even hitting your entire customer base by the time you're changing that message. So you're putting in a lot of effort that you could continue that message. And it doesn't mean the message isn't working, right? So I think at that larger level, two to three years is ideal. Coming down to a specific campaign or subtopic within your larger theme, I think that's very good for a quarterly or biannually thing. Because you want to make sure you at least have some fresh stuff always filtering in. And if by doing it quarterly or biannually, you have a long enough cycle that you can plan for it. But it's also short enough that you can adapt to the market, that you can understand what industry changes are happening, and react a little bit quicker. And then when it comes to the actual tactics within those subtopics, that's where you should be changing constantly, <laughs> right? I, I We're all talking about generative AI right now and chat GPT. And, you know, months ago, it wouldn't have been even even been a topic. So you have to be able to make sure that you're using the latest technologies, keeping it interactive, really engaging your audience so they don't feel like they're seeing the same thing that they've seen all the time. While at the same time, you know, not wasting content you've done, right? If if you've done great content, you did a report or whatever, turn it into a quiz, turn it into a survey, turn it into some interactive game, right? So I think you can you could use different tactics that help keep it fresh and also keep with the trends, right? Even subject lines are changing which one does the best every quarter, right? So trying out that new stuff and trying it out frequently, experimenting, I think that's that's key to, to really keeping your brand top of mind.
0: To become really great at crafting messaging, what do you think is needed?
1: Yeah, so I, I think there's a few things that's needed. I think you always need to have a learning mindset. As I said, technologies are changing, trends are changing, you need to be able to adapt. I think AI is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Lately, the way I've been thinking about it is if you're a marketer and you're not using AI, five to 10 years from now, you're gonna be behind, right? Because <laughs> kids in college, are using AI. I mean, AI is doing the work for us. So the only way to stay ahead as a marketer and keep your messaging ahead is to leverage tools like AI to make sure that you can react quicker. You could deliver results quicker. And you, you don't lose that skill set that's going to eventually be crucial to any role, right? So I, I think that's one thing. I think the second item is really a global mindset. We are, we are so digital today. I, I mean, I've lived in a few countries myself. And really, as we become more global, our customer base is going to become more global. And they're expecting you to know their culture and resonate with that, right? Like they, they have local, co- like for example, if you're trying to move into China, they have local companies in China that are sending Chinese New Year emails, right? Or, or they have local competition. So how do you stay relevant or how do you really deliver that empathy to your customers? It's thinking about these aspects of globalization. What time zone are you doing it? What language are you doing it? What's the structure of the dates you're using? You know, are you putting the date before the month if, if you're in the U.S. and used to doing the opposite? But or are you scheduling meetings that are always at their 9 p.m. And they're like, I'm, I'm trying to spend time with my family. I think I think that's the second thing that's really going to become critical. And then I think the third thing is, again, not reinventing the wheel, really signing up for newsletters, signing up for brands you love. And saying, hey, they did this in their industry. I can take that and run with it, right? I get so many ideas looking at newsletters and I'm like, huh, I wonder if I could use that for my product or my industry. And it just takes an idea to make a world of difference. So I would say those are kind of the top three things that people need to be looking at and trying to build their skill set around.
0: Well, Erica, thank you so much. Are there any parting words of advice you can share, any tips that you feel have helped you throughout your career?
1: It's a good question. I I think the one thing that came to mind when you asked that parting words is I had one wise person tell me that if you're only reading stuff that you agree with, uh, you're never expanding your thought process or your mind. So I guess even in marketing, look at different techniques and you might not agree with it, but test it and let the data show you what what the best thing is, because what you like is not always going to be what the majority of your audience likes.
0: I love that. That is very good advice. Once again, Erica Brackman, product marketing manager at Nice Actimize. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for having me.